بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد so continuing with these gatherings on the topic of inshirah of the sadr expansion of the chest alleviation of the chest remedying the chest from the tightness and the suppression that it may experience we're taking or we are working with the book Zad al-Ma'ad the book by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala which is a biography of Allah's messenger alayhi salatu wasalam there's a section in there which is specifically on the topic of the causes and the means and the avenues of bringing about relaxation to the chest with the explanation of Shaykh Muhammad Aman Al-Jami so just as a recap of what we covered last week who can mention what are the causes that bring about an increase in a person's Tawheed and an increase in a person's Iman as well as what are the means and the causes that bring about a decrease in a person's tawheed, a deficiency in a person's iman. So who from the audience is able to answer that question? Because you've been revising so well. Fadl Doing good deeds, doing obligatory deeds, increases a person's tawheed, it perfects a person's tawheed, it brings about the obligatory perfection of tawheed. Tawheed, as far as making it perfect, is concerned. You, there's only a certain had, there's only a certain limit, and that limit is the obligatory perfection, or there is an extra form of perfection that a person can bring about to his tawheed. Yes or no? Yes. And how does a person do that? What does a person do to bring, a, to bring about a perfection to his Tawheed, which is supererogatory? By doing the non-optional, the voluntary deeds. <coughs> so then, what are those things that bring about a decrease to a person's Tawheed? Weaken a person's Tawheed. Uh, bring about a lack of perfection to a person's Tawheed. If it's the case that good deeds bring about perfection to your Tawheed, then what is it that brings about a decrease to your Tawheed, Isa? Having low Tawheed, so what is it that brings about low Tawheed? Weakness in Tawheed, huh? Disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Disobedience to Allah is what brings about a lack of perfection in Tawheed and a weakness in Tawheed. Why did Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami rahimahullah, why did he make a mention of Tawheed and the strength of Tawheed and the increase of Tawheed and then at the same time he makes a mention of Iman and the strength of Iman and the weakness of Iman. Why does he make a mention of Tawheed alongside Iman? He told us why he's doing so. Does anybody remember why? Does anybody remember why? Tawheed is being mentioned alongside Iman. Sorry? 
No, no iman without tawheed. Some more, something more detailed than that. Fadl Idris. Iman increases with obedience. It decreases with disobedience. Okay, one who has tawheed. Is iman will increase. Okay, but that's a, that's a, what I'm asking here is, a, is, is different to that. What I'm asking here is, why is it the case that the Sheikh is mentioning Tawheed alongside him? He mentions something specific to this. The answer is correct, no doubt, but that's in relation to a different question. The question I'm asking here is, last week, the Sheikh, we mentioned that he says here, when he was explaining this part of the treatise, that we make a mention of the strength of Tawheed and the weakness of Tawheed alongside of it we make a mention of the strength of Iman and the weakness of Iman we make a mention of these two things alongside each other for a certain reason something about Iman and the essence of Iman That's right, he made, he, that's what he made a mention of. But then after he mentions the fact that Ahl Sunnah, we believe that Iman increases and decreases. But why is it the case that Tawheed and Iman, these two terms, are being made mention of together, alongside each other? Sorry? Yes. Okay, so there's a connection basically you're saying between Tawheed and Iman, good. <coughs> the Sheikh he said that Iman, Iman, that thing that is inside of your soul, Iman, its haqiqah, its essence is what? Does anybody now remember what the Sheikh said about the essence of Iman, the essence of Iman? Does anybody remember what the Sheikh said about it? The light, before the light. He mentioned that the essence of Iman is what? Ta'zeem of Allah. Mahabbat Allah. Ta'zeem awamirillah. Ta'zeem of Allah, glorifying Allah. Glorifying the commands of Allah. And loving Allah. That's the root, that's the root and the essence of the nature of Iman. That's the, uh, that's the essence of Iman, the haqiqah of Iman. Tayyib. So when, if it's the case that this is in your heart, ta'zeem of Allah, your heart and inside of your soul, you glorify Allah. You glorify, you honor and you respect the commands of Allah. You have love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that is in your heart, it's going to produce something, isn't it? It's going to result in something. What's it going to result in then? If a human being has glorification of his creator honor for whatever his creator has commanded him with love for his creator that is going to result in what? Tawheed وَعَدَمَ الْإِلْتِفَاتِ إِلَى مَا سِوَاهُ not turning to anything besides the one that you're glorifying besides Allah so this is the reason why Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami is making a mention of Tawheed and Iman together because the nature of Tawheed is glorifying Allah glorifying the commands of Allah Loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
And if that is in your heart, then naturally it will produce Tawheed. Tayyib. And then the uh, Ibn al-Qayyim, he makes a mention of the ayah, أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِّنْ رَبِّهِ كيف؟ لم يحاول أن يجمع بين الاثنين يقول بأن الإيمان حقيقتها تعظيم الرب حقيقتها تعظيم الرب فهذا ينتج التوحيد عرفت؟ الإيمان لها تعريف الإيمان يعني الاعتقاد في القلب يعني النطق باللسان والأعمال على الجوارح هذا تعريفه بس يقول أن حقيقة الإيمان أنه ماذا حقيقتها تعظيم الرب سبحانه وتعالى يدور على هذا تعظيم الرب تعظيم أوامره ومحبته سبحانه وتعالى هذا هو حقيقة الإيمان وهذا ينتج شيء ينتج ماذا ينتج التوحيد بتعريفه إفراد الله سبحانه وتعالى بما يختص به عرفت؟ ما يفرق بينهما واضح؟ أياكم الله أفمن شرح الله صدره للإسلام فهو على نور من ربه Is he whose chest Allah expands to Islam and thus he is upon light from his Lord Who can remember what the Shaykh Muhammad Iman al-Jami makes a mention of? That the one whose chest Allah expands to Islam he puts noor inside of you. What else? What else did Sheikh Muhammad Iman al-Jami say? What other things does Allah, does Allah provide you with if he expands your chest to Islam? Uh, love. Something that we, we want to stick to what the Sheikh was mentioning. There's, lot, there's obviously a lot that can be said, but we want to stick. Relaxation. Something else. Connection. Muraqaba. He gives you muraqabah, the one whose chest is expanded to Islam. Allah gives you, you worship Allah with muraqabah. What's muraqabah? That you worship Allah as though you see him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you're conscious of the fact that Allah is watching you. That Allah is seeing you. That Allah is hearing you. This is al-muraqabah. In addition to that, Allah provides you with what? Uns. Uns, somebody that is close to you, somebody that you have uns with, he is your anis. Who is your anis? When you have a problem, you go and speak to him. Maybe your father, maybe your neighbor, maybe your friend, he's your anis. You find comfort with him. You find relaxation with him. You can trust him. That's your anis. So the one whose heart Allah and chest, he opens up his chest to Islam and thus he is upon light from his Lord. This type of person worships Allah. With, he worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as though he sees him. And likewise, he finds uns with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He finds his closeness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tayyab. Then the Shaykh he mentioned that when it's the case that those normal Human symptoms afflict the human being. Which symptoms? That a person he sins. That a person he commits mistakes. That a person he does things that don't earn the pleasure of his, lo of his Lord. When a person does this, and these things are 
afflict every single person. Anybody here that doesn't have any sin, raise your hand. Nobody? Good. Because that isn't the nature of the human being. كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمْ خَطَّاؤُونَ Every single human being commits mistakes. وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّائِينَ تَوَّابُونَ But the best of those who make mistakes are those who repent. So every single person is not free of making mistakes, is not free of sinning. So when this human being, when this person who does have this uns with Allah, he does worship Allah as though uh, he, worship, he worships Allah conscious of the fact that Allah is watching him. Allah has opened his chest to Islam. When this type of human being sins against Allah, what did Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami say this person feels? When the type of person who has uns with Allah, this type of person who is close to Allah, when he sins against Allah, what did Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami say this type of person feels? Tafadal ya akhi. Ahsant wahshah. Lonely. Imagine somebody gets you, takes you out of Bolton, eh? and takes you into some remote, remote area in the middle of the ocean, in an island, for example. How are you going to feel? You're going to feel lonely by yourself. The person who worships Allah as though he sees him, he's conscious of Allah watching him, the one who has uns with Allah, this type of person sins against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he feels alone, feels by himself. So when he feels this wahshah, what does this person, what should this person end up doing? What did Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami say? When it's the case that you sin against Allah and you feel this wahshah, what should you do? Ah, he makes firar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He runs to Allah Jalla'waz. Why does he run to Allah? Why does he run back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Again, we're trying to stick to the content that, يعني, of what Shaykh Muhammad Iman al-Jami said. A lot can be said, no doubt. We just want to revise what the Shaykh said. So the Shaykh, he said that when the person sins against Allah, he feels wahshah. And thus he makes firar back to Allah. Why does he make this running back to Allah, Isa? Allah can save him. So Allah can save him and rescue him from what? You sin against Allah. You feel alone. So you run back to Allah for Allah to save you. To save you from what? Who remembers the wording? Huh? From the hellfire. What did the shaykh say? Correct, no doubt. Because you fear the fire of hell. What did the shaykh say? What's the wording of the shaykh? We're going to try and remember the words of this great imam. Imam Muhammad Iman al-Jami. What did he say? So that Allah can save you and rescue you from the evil of your own self and your own desires. Um, and that is where we stopped last week. Concerning this muraqaba, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, he has a nice statement in I'lam al-Waqi'in. Acts of worship, acts of worship. Where are they manifest? Where are, they, where are the acts of worship of a human being manifest? Where do they become manifest? Hmm. Hmm. With another ibarah, uh, acts of worship, where do they occur? 
Where do they occur as far as the human being is concerned? Sorry? The heart, that's a location where acts of worship occur. Where else? The tongue, that's a place where the acts of worship, acts of worship occur. And likewise, hand, which is a, the body, so the limbs. So, the, yeah, the limbs. so these are acts of worship. They occur in different parts. And one of those places are the heart, is the heart. The actions from the limbs are like, for example, a zakah. I like, for example, your salah. Acts of your tongue, such as making a dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, enjoining good, forbidding the evil, reciting the Quran. Acts of the heart. Who can make a mention of some of the actions of the heart? Intention. Okay, what else? Khawf. Excellent. Khawf. That's an action of the heart. What else? Hope, yeah. Raja, what else? Love, mashallah. Who said that? Allah ibarafiq. Love. What else? ahsant. Tranquility. And so on and so forth. You got the idea, yes? So actions occur within the heart. Do these states and these actions that occur in the heart, do they have degrees? Do they have levels? Or is it the case that mahabba of Allah is just one level? Fear of Allah, just one level. Or is it the case that they have different levels, different degrees? Anybody want to answer? They fluctuate, yeah. Some people, they have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Others, their fear of Allah is stronger than theirs, greater than theirs. A person loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A year later, he finds that the love, it is increased. A month later, a week later, a day later, later in the day, his love increases. So the point is, is that yes, we have actions of the heart, such as the examples that, that were mentioned, and they increase and they strengthen. So concerning this, what, what's the thing though that increases these a'mal qalbiyyah, these actions of the heart? Everybody has love of Allah, no doubt, a fear of Allah, hope of Allah. How, how do we increase it? How do we increase love of Allah? What's the thing? What is the, the primary cause of bringing about love of Allah to increase? Raja in Allah to increase? Khawf in Allah to increase? Because those people that have this great amount of khawf of Allah, great amount of mahabba of Allah, great amount of... Uh, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and raja in him these people they're living paradise on earth these type of people they're living a beautiful life even though as later on Ibn al-Qayyim and Shaykh Muhammad Iman al-Jami will mention a person you might find him he's got nothing nothing that is materially uh, that has any value as far as material matters are concerned but he is living a beautiful life why? because in his heart there is a great amount of khawf in Allah, of Allah, a great amount of raja in Allah, a great amount of tawakkal ala rabbina subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what are, what's the thing that increases this? Ilm. Something more than this, something more specific. Because a person can have ilm. A person can have ilm, study. But it's a hujja alayhi wala lahu. Obedience. Something more specific. Let's listen to what Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala he says. 
He says in I'lam uh, al-Muwaqi'een, he says, وَكُلَّمَا اشْتَدَّتْ هَذِهِ الْمُرَاقَبَةِ مُرَاقَبَةِ of Allah. Being conscious that Allah is watching you. Conscious of that. وَكُلَّمَا اشْتَدَّتْ هَذِهِ الْمُرَاقَبَةِ أَوْجَبَتْ لَهُ مِنَ الْحَيَاءِ وَالسَّكِينَةِ وَالْمَحَبَّةِ وَالْخُضُوعِ وَالْخُشُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ وَالْرَجَاءِ مَا لَا يَحْصُلْ بِدُونِهَا He says whenever this muraqabah of Allah is being conscious of Allah watching you, conscious of Allah observing you, whenever this muraqabah of Allah, it increases, it intensifies, then it brings about that type of hayat from Allah, that type of shyness before Allah, bashfulness and shyness and shame in front of Allah, and sakina before Allah, tranquility before Allah, and love of Allah, and submission before Allah, and humility before Allah, and fear of Allah, and hope of Allah that is not acquired and attained by anything besides it. By anything besides muraqabah, i.e. muraqabah, whenever it intensifies, it intensifies your love of Allah, it intensifies your fear of Allah, it intensifies your hope in Allah to such a level that nothing else besides this muraqabah can intensify. فالمراقبه أساس الأعمال القلبية كلها وعمودها الذي قيامها به باسم راقبه it is it is the foundation of the actions of the heart it's the pillar upon which the actions of the heart rest upon so if it's the case that you have this muhabba of Allah and khawf of Allah and raja of Allah and tawakkal upon Allah but you want to increase in it then what do you need to do ya abdullah increase what increase your muraqabah if I need to do it, and perhaps I'm the one that needs to do it more than anybody else here. If we need to do it, then it's the muraqabah of Allah being conscious that Allah is watching me. He's seeing me and he's well aware of what I'm doing. That is what needs to increase. Because when you can become conscious of that, it will intensify your love and your khawf and your raja of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the rest of the a'mal al-qalbiyah. So that was an external benefit that we wanted to bring from Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala. How much have we been into the lesson so far? How many, how many minutes? 20, 25, 30? 23 minutes, alright. As I said before, we want to keep it short. 40, 45 minutes like this. So concerning this ayah, Ibn al-Qaim, he now quotes the ayah. فَمَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَهْدِيَهُ يَشْرَحْ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ He whom Allah wants to guide, he expands his chest to Islam. وَمَنْ يُرِدْ أَنْ يُضِلَّهُ يَجْعَلْ صَدْرَهُ ضَيِّقًا حَرَجًا كَأَنَّمَا يَصَّعَّدُ فِي السَّمَاءِ He whom Allah wants to misguide, then he makes his chest tight and constrained for him, as though he's being raised into the sky. Concerning the initial part of the ayah, فَمَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَهْدِيَهُ He whom Allah wants to guide, so guidance, Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami, he mentions, is of two types. Anybody know what these two types of guidance are? 
Okay, number one, I'll say it today, but next week, be prepared. I'm going to ask you. Yeah? Okay, yeah, he uses a different wording. He uses a different wording here. When we get to that part, I'll ask you, is this what you meant? Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Number one, Hidayatul Irshad wal Dalalah wal Bayan. Hidayatul Irshad wal Dalalah wal Bayan. The guidance of directing, indicating, and clarifying. The second type of guidance is Hidayat al Tawfiq wal Ilham. The guidance of granting success and inspiring. We're going to explain, or Sheikh Muhammad is going to explain. So the first one, which is what? What's the first type of guidance? Al-Irshad, wal-Dalalah, wal-Bayan, which is basically what? In reference to what? We'll translate it. Anybody who's noting things down? No? First one, Hidayat al-Irshad, wal-Dalalah, wal-Bayan. How did we translate it? What's the translation that, that we gave for it? Guidance, huh? The guidance of indication, indicating, what else? Clarifying, explaining. You get the idea? Okay. So what's this in reference to? What's this about? This is clarification of what Tawheed is. Clarification of what Iman is. Clarification of what Islam is. Clarification of the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Explaining it. This type of guidance. Is this guidance. So if a person has this guidance. We just want to ask these questions. To ensure that everybody has understood it properly. This type of guidance. If a person gets this guidance. Does that mean that he is. خلاص, a Muslim. A mu'min. He has entered into Islam. If a person gets this type of guidance, this form of guidance, this form of huda, of irshad and dalalah and bayan, clarification, explanation, he receives this, he hears this, he reads this. Does this now mean that he is a Muslim? No. This type of, the person receives this, this form of guidance, this category of guidance, doesn't mean that he's Muslim. But this type of guidance, this type of guidance can occur only by Allah. Yes or no? The guidance of clarifying. The guidance of indicating. The guidance of explaining. This is what Tawheed is. This is what Iman is. This only occurs by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nobody else. Yes or no? No, no. This type of guidance, it occurs by Allah. Allah clarifies to us. Likewise, Allah says, Quran This Quran yahdi guides to what it is, to what is more upright. So the Quran has been described with this uh, with this verb of yahdi, of guiding. Uh, that Allah guides by way of you, O Ali ta'ala, who the Messenger said. He guides, he used the word guide, Yahdi guides by way of you. A single man, that's better for you than red camel. So the point being is that this form of huda, this form of guidance, 
it occurs at the hands of it occurs by Allah likewise by the Quran likewise by the prophets and likewise by the ulama uh, and the preachers and the teachers of, uh, of, of of Islamic knowledge so that's one form of guidance second form of guidance which is what Hidayat al-Tawfiq wal-Ilham this Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami he defined and explained as he said yashrah sadrahu lil-Islam ويحب الإسلام ويفرح بالإسلام الذي هو الاستسلام والانقياد يرى من نفسه محبة الإسلام ومحبة ومحبة الالتزام ومحبة الاستقامة. What is this hidayat al-tawfiq wal-ilham? What is this guidance that Allah gives, the guidance of success and the guidance of inspiration? That is when a person's chest opens up to Islam and he loves Islam. And he becomes delighted with Islam. That Islam which is what? Submission and compliance. This type of person, he finds in himself love for Islam. Love for being upright. Love for being upon the straight path. So this is the Hidayat At-Tawfiq Wal-Ilham. That Allah, He opens up your chest and you end up embracing Islam. The first type of guidance is Allah clarifying to you what Islam is that can occur via the Quran, via the ulama, via the prophets and so on and so forth but the second one does anybody have any play in that regard? can anybody from the scholars from the prophets from the teachers can anybody grant a person this second form of guidance of inspiration and success? no, who, who is the one that grants this? only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only Allah opens up your heart and thus you end up loving Islam. So then the Shaykh he says, إِذَا رَأَ الْعَبْدُ مِن نَفْسِهِ هَذِهِ الْمَعَانِهِ مَعْنَاهُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ شَرَحَ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ وَهَدَاهُ If it's the case that you find these things inside of yourself, if you find love for Islam, you love being upon Islam, you love being a Muslim, you love practicing this deen and observing this deen, then this means what? This means what? This means that Allah has expanded your heart to Islam and your chest to Islam and He's guided you. So this وَهَذِهِ هِدَايَةُ الْإِرْشَادِ وَالْدَلَالَةِ وَالْبَيَانِ تَتْبَعُ ذَلِكَ هِدَايَةُ التَّوْفِيقِ وَالْإِلْهَامِ And then the Shaykh, he goes on to make a mention of the fact that Hidayat التَّوْفِيقِ وَالْإِلْهَامِ as we've mentioned, it follows on from and it comes as a result of Hidayat Al-Bayan Wal-Dalalah it comes as a result of explanation and clarification a person has Islam explained to him then as a result of that he is guided if Allah grants him the tawfiq in that regard and that guidance, that ilham that Allah grants you what is it? two things ikhlas and mutaba'ah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yulhimuka he inspires you and he grants you success what does he grant you success in what does he open your chest towards specifically two things ikhlas and mutaba'ah ikhlas that you perform righteous deeds and you submit to Allah you submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making that and performing that deed sincerely to him such that that deed isn't soiled and isn't corrupted with showing off, with wanting to be famous, 
with wanting to be, become prominent and apparent amongst people. You desire nothing other than the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, in addition to that, that that deed that you perform sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not wanting anything other than his face, it has to be in accordance to the sunnah of Allah's messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. That is what? That, right? But that is what? When, when you think about this, when you think about this, that is scary if you think about it. That a person, he performs righteous deeds. He performs deeds for nobody and no praise or nothing other than, he wants nothing other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there is no mutaba'ah in that regard. It's not in accordance to the sunnah of Allah's messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. What does that mean then? That means Allah has not granted this person a tawfiq. Allah has not granted this person success. Imagine that. You're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for years and years and years. But upon what? Upon bid'ah. Upon innovation. Not upon the sunnah of Allah's messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. That indicates what? That indicates that Allah has not granted you a tawfiq. For years upon years upon years, you are speaking about Allah and His names and His attributes based upon philosophy, not based upon the madhab of the salaf. For years upon years upon years, you're saying, you know what? The ummah, it's in a despicable state right now. And the only way that we can bring about islah, rectification of the ummah, is that we just form a group, form a party, and all of us, regardless of our aqaid, regardless of our beliefs, we gather together under this umbrella organization. And we gather together so that we become strong, physically strong, apparently strong. In the bodies we become strong. We have a big number amongst us under an umbrella organization. As far as our beliefs are concerned, your Naqshbandi and... You are يعني, uh, Ash'ari and you are Mu'tazili and uh, you are... doesn't matter. We all say, La ilaha illallah. Let's gather together under this one umbrella organization. Let's call this organization, I don't know, the Muslim group. The Muslim Jama'ah. Let's give it a name. But all of us gathered under, the, under this organization, have a leader. Give bay'ah to this leader under this organization. Why? So that we can have physical strength and then combat our enemy. Now your enemy, your enemy is what? Your main thing that will bring about destruction is what? Being divided in your aqaid, being divided in your beliefs. So the point is, is that the person who does this for decades upon decades upon decades, working for a jama'ah, working for a group, mukhlis, sincere, he says, I am doing this for nothing other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's not in conformity with the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Why? Because gathering together under an umbrella organization with innovators, people that you know are mubtadi'een, innovators in the deen of Allah, that goes against the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Why? Because the Messenger of Allah told us that the la'na of Allah, that the curse of Allah, it's upon the innovator. Huh? And the one who, وَمَنْ awahu, The one who accommodates him. So the one who for years upon years, decades upon decades, مُخْلِس, he's sincere, sincerely for Allah, 
he has an umbrella organization in which he gathers all of these deviated groups and parties. This person, clearly, without any hesitation, you can say, Lam yuwafak, hasn't been granted success. Why? Because the Dala'il and the Baraheen and the Hujjaj are clear that the one who accommodates the innovator is going against the Sunnah of Allah's Messenger. So the point is that the person to be granted tawfiq, to be granted ilham from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that Allah is guiding you. You know, people sometimes they say, I know I'm upon the truth, you know, because I just know God's just guiding me. The other day I was speaking to a Christian, and she said, that I just know, you know, I just know that I'm, 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 I'm upon the truth. I just know that God, he's just been speaking to me. God's been talking to me. God, he's just been with me. No, 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 no. The devil's been with you. It's not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reality, devil's, because really and truly, Allah has already given you a fitrah. And by way of that fitrah, you recognize that Allah, he is wahid, and he can't be divisible in three. And that Allah can't be a human being that was born from the womb of a mother. Yani Isa ibn Maryam, alayhi salatu wasalam. So the point being is that these type of statements that, Allah, that God is guiding me, God is with me, no, 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 no. There's a criteria. Number one, ikhlas. And number two, follow Muhammad ibn Abdullah alayhi salatu wasalam in the absolute sense of the word. If you're doing that, then you are muwaffaq. If you're not, then you're upon khatar, you're upon danger. Tayyib. After that, uh, what's the time now? 43. Um, yeah, we'll just briefly go over this bit here for a few minutes and then we'll close. So now uh, the Shaykh he comments upon the second part of the ayah. The first part of the ayah He whom Allah wants to guide, He opens up His chest to Islam. The second part of the ayah. He whom Allah wants to misguide due to a disease and a perversion of in his heart. He whom Allah wants to misguide. He makes his chest tight and constrained for him as though he's being raised into the sky. Anybody been on a mountain before? Anybody been on Mount Everest? You been, huh? been on Mount Everest, huh? Kilimanjaro. What happens when you go on Mount Everest, even if you haven't been on there? I've been on Pendle Hill, that's the highest. <laughs> what, ha what happens though when you go on a mountain? You go high up in altitude. Lack of oxygen becomes difficult for you to breathe. You don't have an expanded chest. Your chest becomes tight and constrained. Hard for you to breathe. Horrible. <coughs> so, <coughs> so this type of person, the one whom Allah misguides, he makes his chest like this, tight and constrained and repressed. Sheikh Muhammad al Jami, he says concerning this. As for the one whom Allah wants to misguide, and hold back, hold back tawfiq from him. Hold back giving him success. Allah wants to abandon him. Leave him by himself. Abandon him. Allah doesn't want to give this person any help and assistance against his soul, against his evils in his soul, and against the shaitan. This type of person, Allah makes his chest tight and constrained as though he's being lifted up into the sky. 
يرى يرى في في امتثال المأمورات واجتناب المنهيات صعوبة شديدة. Concerning the ayah, ألم نشرح لك صدرك. Have we not expanded and opened up your chest for you, O Muhammad? Have we not alleviated your chest for you, O Muhammad? Sheikh Muhammad Sheikh Muhammad Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah, he makes a mention. Sharh of the Sadr, expansion of the chest. That is in relation to the chest expanding towards the hukum of Allah. Shaykh Uthameen, he said, the chest expanding, Allah expanding your chest, that is in relation to your chest, that, that is basically about your chest expanding to the hukum of Allah, to the judgment of Allah. The ruling of Allah. Two types of ruling. His hukum al-qadari and his hukum al-shari. The universal law, the universal uh, judgment and, uh, and, and, and ruling of Allah. And the hukum of Allah al-shari. The legislative rule of Allah. Meaning, Allah expanding your chest, that is in relation to Allah expanding your chest towards the decrees that occur, the universal decrees that occur within this universe. The masa'ib, the um, calamities in your life, problems in your life, difficulties in your life, tests in your life. So Allah, He expands your chest. What do you mean He expands your chest? Meaning, He expands your chest to be able to take on board the decrees that occur in your life that are hard and difficult. <coughs> That's one form of expanding your chest. The other form is Allah expanding your chest to the hukum of Allah, al-shari'i. Expanding your chest to the legislation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sharia, the, Isla the Islamic legislation. What does he mean by this? <coughs> he means by this, that the hukum of Allah, al-shari'i, the legislative Rule of Allah, the Sharia, the Deen of Islam, the commandments, the prohibitions. Allah, He expands your chest to be able to practice them, to be able to implement them, and thus it becomes easy for you to do so. Why? Because the Sharia, the legislations of Islam, do they comply with your hawa, with your ahwa, with your desires? Allah commands you to pray, commands you to fast, commands you to, uh, 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 and so on and so forth, commands you with az-zakah. He prohibits you from drinking alcohol, prohibits you from gambling, prohibits you from interest, prohibits you from such a, so on and so forth. He prohibits you from these things. These commands and these prohibitions, do they go, uh, go in flow with the hawa and the ahwa of ourselves, the desires? No. They go against your desires. They go against what you desire. The soul doesn't want to take out time in order to be praying and in order to be giving a, a zakah and sadaqah and what have you. These things, they go against the soul. You have to fight against it. There's a degree of mujahada, a degree of striving that is involved. So because of this, what are you in need of? If it's the case that the hawa doesn't like the ma'murat, doesn't like the manhiyat, 
the desires of yourself, doesn't like the commands and the prohibitions, it, go, it goes against the desires, what do you need? You need Allah to expand your chest. Open up your chest and thus you receive the legislation of Allah with an open, expanded chest and thus you easily implement the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Sheikh Muhammad Man al-Jami, he says here, يَرَى فِي إِمْتِثَالِ الْمَأْمُورَاتِ وَاجْتِنَابِ الْمَنْهِيَاتِ صُعُوبَةِ شَدِيدَةِ The one that Allah has misguided and abandoned and left him by himself and thus causes his chest to become tightened. This type of person, ask yourself, when the Sheikh is saying this, I need to ask myself and you ask yourself, do I fit this description that the Sheikh is giving? This type of person that Allah misguides, holds back success from him, abandons him, forsakes him, doesn't help him against his soul, against his shaitan. This type of person, what does he find? What does he feel? What does he sense? He finds in fulfilling the obligations and he finds in keeping away from the prohibitions, suuba shadida, a lot of difficulty. Ask yourself, in praying salah, you find a lot of difficulty in doing so. In giving a zakah, in fasting in Ramadan, in keeping away from the muharramat, in obeying your parents. Is it difficult for you to do so? In being good to your wife, in being good to your husband, in taking care and fulfilling the rights of your children. You find suuba, shadida, in doing so. Oh, you really have to pull yourself together in order to be able to implement these laws. Do you find that? Because this is the description of the person that Allah has withheld tawfiq from him and abandoned him. لَا يَرَى مِن نَفْسِهِ الْإِنْشِرَاحِ لِيَمْتَثِلْ وَيَعْمَلْ وَيَنْتَهِ عَمَّا نُهِيَ عَنْهُ بَلْ يَرَى هَذِهِ قُيُودًا صَعْبًا The person, this type of person, he doesn't find الْإِنْشِرَاحِ an expansion in his chest to be able to keep away from the prohibitions, to fulfill the obligations. No, this type of person, ask yourself if you're from him, if you're from those people, this type of person, he sees and he considers the commands and the prohibitions, the laws of Islam, the do's and don'ts, the do's and don'ts, he sees them as being, huh? he sees them as being hard limitations, tough limitations, tough restrictions, tough boundaries that he's being bound to, shackles that he's being tied down to. He feels that these type of things, they tie him down, they shackle him, they fetter him, they bound him away from his hurriyah, from his freedom, from being liberated, from his, yeah, from his human liberation and his human freedom. This type of person, this is what he finds. He wants to be set free, he wants to be liberated, liberated from the burden of the do's and the don'ts and the prohibitions and the commands of the sharia. But this type of person, in reality, he is in a state of lost. فَإِذَا رَأَى الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ نَفْسِهِ هَذَا الْمَعْنَى وَوَقَفَ هَذَا الْمَوْقِفِ فَعَلَيْهِ أَنْ يُبَادِرْ بِالْفِرَارِ إِلَى اللَّهِ يُخَلِّصَهُ وَإِنْ وَفَّقَهُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى فِي هَذِهِ الظُّرُوفِ إِلَى الْفِرَارِ إِلَيْهِ وَفَّقَهُ تَوْفِيقًا So if it's the case, my brother and my sister, that you find this is your حال I need to ask myself, if it's the case, I find this is my hal, this is my condition, this is my state, that when it comes to fulfilling an obligation of Allah, 
when it comes to a situation that I've been placed in. And it's either, Ali, you have a choice now to obey Allah, to disobey Allah and do this haram thing. When you're in that position and you find, oh, it's really, oh, I really don't want to do this. It's really tough for me to do this. This is, uh, these are quyud, these are shackles and chains and limitations upon me. I want to be free. If you find these things in yourself, then you, you need to cure the problem. How do you cure the problem? You cure the problem by running back to Allah, by racing back to Allah to save you from this evil state. And if it's the case that Allah, He allows you to run back to Him, to make firar to Him, to go back to Him, to run and flee to Him, to save you, then Allah has no doubt, the Shaykh, He said, given you true success. So we will uh, conclude at this point. And inshaAllah ta'ala, next week, we shall continue on the topic of, uh, on the same topic, where the Shaykh, he uh, elaborates, or doesn't elaborate, but he makes a mention of the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning those who are guided and those who are misguided. Likewise, um, concerning the greatest cause of leak of the Sadr, the greatest cause of repression and suppression of your chest, uh, these type of matters and likewise the nur of iman nur of iman light of iman that is a cause of the chest being expanded so these matters inshallah ta'ala if allah gives us tawfiq we will cover them uh, next week yeah. hey The masjid says we slow right at either. I mean, uh, generally speaking, those type of these type of questions they should be posed to most senior brothers uh, like Abu Mu'al Taqwim or Abu Hakim Bilal or Abu Khutja, the rest of the senior brothers. In general, we all know as Ahlul Sunnah the qawaid that the Salaf had, the principles that the Salaf had concerning Ahlul Bid'ah, concerning making you know interacting with Ahlul Bid'ah, they wouldn't sit with them, they wouldn't uh, uh, walk with them, eat with them. They wouldn't be in their company. They wouldn't, as we know the famous narration of uh, Imam, I believe it was Ibn Sirin, that people from Ahl al-Bid'ah came to him and they said that we want to recite to you Al-Quran. He said, no. وَلَا نِسْفُ الْكَلِمَةِ وَلَا نِسْفُ كَلِمَةٍ Not even half of a word. He said, either I will get up and leave and you're, or you're going to get up and leave. So they went and left. This is the manhaj of the Salaf. The manhaj of the Salaf the methodology of the Salaf that is a, a manhaj that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran when he praised the Salaf, when the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam praised the Salaf, they did it for a reason. What's the reason? Because it is the case and it was the case that these early generations, they were the ones that implemented Islam as and how it's meant to be implemented. They dealt with the innovators as and how they're meant to be dealt with. So with that being the case, that's the manhaj of the salaf. Going in, having a masjid that is meant to be established upon the sunnah. And then you invite people that in reality have, if we're talking about tablighis, and we're not going to be shy about it, they have in their books, 
they have in their teachings shirk, polytheism. They have in their teachings things that go against the teachings of Al-Mustafa alayhi salatu wasalam. Their goal in reality is what? Really and truly, what's their goal? Their goal is to take you to Raiwand. No, this is the reality. All of these 10 days, 20 days, Jilla, 40 days, Charm, all of that is what? It's so, so that they can take you to Raiwan for four months so that you can give bay'ah to one of the four Sufi orders. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. You're going to invite them into your masjid? How can you? You want to know the, how stern the Messenger of Allah والسلام, was against bid'ah, against innovation? person may say, Akhi, Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, which innovators was he saying, don't go sit with them? Which innovators was he saying, be aware of this particular innovator? The Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam, before innovation even occurred, Ya Abdullah, before it even emerged, he said, وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلُّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي الْجَنَّةٍ لَا كُلُّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ Every innovation is in paradise. Every innovation is what? In the burning fire of hell. Serious, serious matter. You're going to have a masjid. Allah grants you a tawfiq to have a masjid established when people are struggling to have a masjid. You have a masjid. And then you invite Ahlul Bid'ah into your masjid so they can misguide others. These people that go out on gasht and what have you, if you were to pull them up and ask them, what's the ta'rif? What's the definition of La ilaha illallah? Those of us who might have gone and gushed back in the days. When you went and gushed, did you know what the tarif of La ilaha illallah was? Billah alayk. Really, did you know it? You didn't know it, did you? Did you know what the categories of Tawheed was? Most probably not. And if you did, what were you doing with them in the first place then? So the point is, Ikhwan, that if it's the case that a person, a masjid, has been established upon sunnah, in spite of that, you invite Ahl bid'ah, how are you going to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yawm al-Qiyamah when you, you, when you, when you, um, يعني, uh, you abandon and forsake the sunnah of Allah's Messenger we turn you back against the sunnah of Allah's Messenger You knew deep down inside this is against the sunnah of Allah's Messenger. How can you accommodate it? Because of numbers. Numbers is not where the barakah lies. Barakah is not in numbers. Barakah is in what? Barakah is in ittiba'. Barakah is in following the sunnah. Even if I abandon you and he abandons you and he abandons you, just one man standing by yourself. That is where the barakah is. One man by himself, but he's upon sunnah. That's izzah and sharaf for him to die in that state. But he's mutamassik bi sunnah nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. So, as I said, detailed advice for specific masajid in the It is best to put that forward to senior talabat al-ilm like Abu Mu'adho. Abu Hakim, Abu Khadija. But generally, that is the principle that is in the deen. That is the, from the manhaj of the Salaf, Ridwan Allah Ta'ala alayhim, that they would not sit with the Salaf, uh, that they would not sit with Ahl al-Bid'ah, and they would not accommodate them. Rather, they warned against them. How can you allow them to come into your masjid? You refer to praying Salah? That's a detailed issue. Generally speaking, as far as the, uh, the Ubandis are concerned, Praying in their masjid is not something that ulama have said is prohibited, generally speaking. Um, in terms of 
associating with that masjid though, giving da'wah in that masjid, being part of that masjid, the admin of that masjid, and so on and so forth, that is not something that is going to be permissible in any way, shape, or form. طيب so conclude at that point next week inshallah ta'ala wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad walhamdulillah ya rabbil alamin